The NCAA won the top of the first inning in its court case with Tennessee, but plenty more ball game left to be played in Tennessee's lawsuit against college sports governing body. Welcome into the Volunteer State. I'm Blake Topmeyer alongside the Knoxville News Sentinels, Adam Sparks and John Adams. Plenty to get into today, including an update in Tennessee's lawsuit against the NCAA while the NCAA investigates Tennessee for possible violations of its NIL guidelines. And Adam has an update for us from Tennessee's attorney general as well. So let's set the stage here. Earlier this week, uh, the, uh, the court issued a ruling in Tennessee's quest for a temporary restraining order. Uh, Tennessee did not get that. Uh, Judge Clifton Corker denied that request for a temporary restraining order in this case against the NCA. However, the more important preliminary injunction awaits. And Clifton Corker, the the judge in this case, may have tipped his hand in which way he's leaning uh, in his writings about the temporary restraining order. He said, quote, considering the evidence currently before the court, the plaintiffs are likely to succeed on the merits of their claim under the Sherman Antitrust Act. That sentence uh, would seem like good news for Tennessee, and it would seem like alarm bells for the NCAA. Adam, you had a story about this very topic in the Knoxville News Sentinel this week. So uh, you take it from there, and what's sort of the mood around Tennessee after, as I put it, they lost the top of the first, they're behind, but they still got the meat of their order coming up, did they not? Yeah, so you chose the baseball analogy. I'll stick with the football analogy since this is probably what this is going to come down to. Um, NCAA made a field goal on their opening drive. They're up 3 nothing, uh, but their defense sucks. So the, the yeah. opposing team is coming back out on the t- – I guess double meeting their defense sucks. I guess, I guess I could use that. By the way, Clifton Corker, what a phenomenal name for a judge, right? Absolutely. That's, Central that's like, casting office yeah. word that one up. Yeah, I, th- I had to double check to make sure that wasn't a guy like a, my cousin Vinny, because it seems like that's the yeah. <laughs> that was that have been the name of that guy. Um, so the mood that I got um, from uh, from the sides that I interacted with um, was okay. We get it. It's it's maybe a small setback, if any setback, but uh, things look good, and and that's mostly from Tennessee, and I think the AG side of reading through the opinion. Um, you, 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 you put it, NCAA at least fended off what could have happened. It's NIL rules for now or in place for a few more days. Now, so, so what does that mean for the injunction? The injunction, um, you know, could freeze NIL rules under the NCAA for months, for years. Um, I talked to the attorney general right before we right before we came on here and he indicated could be months. He said it's in terms of uh, appeals could be years. That's years, plural. Um, So, you know, something's probably going to happen in NCAA governance before this is settled, unless the injunction is granted. Um, I've I've seen different opinions on this. Um, I've heard from people that know far more about the law than, than any of us three that, 
hey, read that opinion, like Blake, you just read, and that says that the injunction is probably going to be granted. The, the, the language sounds that way. On the other hand, um, I've heard also that if you, if you turn down a TRO, if you deny a temporary restraining order, it's, it makes it a little more likely that you'll deny the injunction. So, so we're, I don't know if we're looking at a 50, 50 here, but, um, the side of the, of the state of Tennessee and the university of Tennessee very much enjoyed reading the opinion of, of judge Corker. Um, because I, I think the signals there were, Hey, you guys are on, are on the right side of this, but the timing of when you're going to get the, the judgment that you want is, is really in question. Is it going to be the injunction on Tuesday or is it going to be something a little more long-term in the lawsuit? I, I'm, I'm getting set to go to the hearing on Tuesday my understanding from the attorney general's office is this could be like 20 minutes. It could be like one to three hours. So pack a lunch. I, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I kind of, I thought maybe it'd be more of the 20 minutes, not the three hours. Um, but uh, my understanding would be a whole lot of boring legalese. So if you're planning on making the trip, um, there's been sort of like a wink, wink, Hey, we're going to go tailgate. <laughs> um, messages out there or out on uh, vault Twitter, people uh, going and tailgating and going to the hearing and checker the courtroom, checker Greenville, all those sort of things. Um, uh, I would dissuade people. For, I, I would say people probably shouldn't do that. But if, if you do go, um, I, I, I would say it's not going to help your case, UT's case. If you do go, it'll look chaotic, which is what the NCAA says is going to happen if these rules are are, are stricken. That it's going to be chaos. A guy with like a uh, a guy with like a UT hat with a with a, a beer can on the side of it and a straw is probably not going to help the case. <laughs> Any, um, but you know you, you're free to go if you want to go. Um, but this is not going to be like OJ being called to the stand. It's going to be pretty boring. Um, at least yeah. Of, of all the bad ideas we hear from Vault Twitter, which tend to happen from time to time, this would be well among them. It uh, sounds like. But yeah. I've had people email me and said, hey, I've already asked off for work that day. I'm like, why? Why are you just if you'll just like stay on KnoxNews.com, like just get the app and like we'll tell you when it happens and what happens. And then after that, we'll translate a whole lot of legal legal jargon that we don't understand at the time. But we'll we'll uh, we'll translate well enough when we when we do to you. You don't have to sit in the courtroom. John, uh, you, you're going to be doing some tailgating uh, at that uh, at that hearing next week. And uh, how, how do you read the score line here as we head uh, head toward the bottom of the first, or as Adam would put it, uh, as the ball is is now kicked into Tennessee's hands for its uh, its its next drive? Well, uh, I've done what you're not supposed to do in adjudication. I've already I've already believed where this ends up. It's going to be in Tennessee's favor. So all this preliminary stuff and leading up to that doesn't really matter. The NCA won't win in court. Uh, when I, I was thinking about that, when Adam was bringing up people going to that, I was thinking people I know that might be good representatives for that occasion. Did you come up with anybody? Yeah, I won't divulge their names. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did. And, and I think they could. Let's see, how should I say this? Uh, make an impression, uh, I think, regionally and nationally. So I, I might comment to them, you know, what are your plans? Uh, I would, you know, 
at reading Adam's work, and he's done a great job of this because this is all so complex. When you get into court cases, and I know Blake, you have a you have a very legal you have a legal background. You're well educated in the law, and uh, yes, you, I have a minor in criminal justice, John. Got well, straight A's in those classes, so I'm basically a lawyer. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean you're a lot smarter than some of the lawyers I do know, so I I feel confident in your opinion, but. Adam has been able to make a complex, complex, sometimes boring issue very readable, and he deserves a lot of credit for that. That's that's hard to do. And in reading our the Adam stories, though, I think about this reflects the change in Tennessee football over the last twenty years, because I can remember when the football beat reporter for Tennessee for our paper. He needed it. He was sort of a slash uh, police beat reporter, too. He he need to be able to report on crime quite frequently. <laughs> and now I think Adam is more of a court reporter. So he's uh, I think this requires more education and perhaps a little more skill. And what it says is, John, the falls are back. Right. The fact that we've come full circle now and you need to have two hats to be covering this. Well, this you could say. They're out. They're out of the. Uh, they're out of the jail. They're out of the j- local jail and trying to stay out of the NCAA jail. Mm-hmm. Might have better success with with the latter than yes. than the former. Uh, I mean, Adam, this this is this is my second hearing in uh, what ten months on this beat. Uh, one was an NCAA hearing, and now we're going to have an actual hearing. I don't know what what's about. This is a federal court hearing, so I guess. Supreme Court would be the only thing left for for Tennessee football to go to, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. Uh, Adam, you, you mentioned, okay, the, the TRO, the temporary restraining order, that's in the rearview mirror. That went in the NCAA's favor, as we've discussed. Um, that's good for the NCAA, but not the biggest deal in the world for Tennessee. Now on tap next week is this injunction. Sort of give us a preview for what that means in case instance A, Tennessee wins the injunction. Instance B, uh, Tennessee fails in in getting the injunction. And in in particular, uh, I'm hoping you can kind of lay out a picture of if Tennessee wins this injunction, I I think, you know, the average fan might think that that means, you know, the NCAA enforcement staff is tied up in zip ties and hauled off or that Charlie Baker, you know, the president of the NCAA um, has to report to Rikers Island. Um, that's not what happens, right? And, and the NCAA investigation in some level could maybe continue even if Tennessee wins this injunction because these are directly related. Well, they're related to some degree, right? But correct me if I'm wrong, but even if Tennessee wins the injunction, that doesn't 100% have to end the investigation, does it? Yeah, so, so the, the difference in sort of the burden right now is that the, the temporary restraining order was shot down because uh, that's an emergency attempt saying that, hey, you've got to fix this like this second right now, or there's going to be terrible harm done to to people. Um, And the the judgment was, yeah, some kids are signing on signing day, uh, but they could like they could recoup their money. And it's, it's at this point, it's only monetary. They could recoup their money like a week from now if the injunction was granted. So it just was, didn't raise to the level of an emergency. The injunction, um, if it's granted, I think the burden is a little lower there. Um, but if the injunction is granted, that means all NIL 
recruiting rules, the recruiting ban, uh, so to speak, on NIL would be frozen. So that would mean like under NCAA rules right now, you can't go and negotiate with a with a collective that that is affiliated with the school directly. Like you cannot go in as a high school player that's a recruit and and talk, you know, just hard numbers. And you can't tie that to your enrollment. You have to wait till you're enrolled. So you can, you know, wink, wink and nod, nod. And I guess slide a sheet of paper across the across the table of how much you need. And a lot of that goes on now. We're, we're naive if we think that doesn't go on. The NCAA is naive to think that doesn't go on. Um, but technically, you can't know how much you're going to get paid until you enroll at the school. That way it's not tied to enrollment, which is um, if the injunction is granted, those sort of things go away. You're going to have people being openly negotiating prices uh, for NIL deals. If that is frozen, meaning if the injunction is granted, um, then they'll then they'll move forward without college, college football will move forward or college athletics will move forward without those NIL rules. Um, for Tennessee and the investigation it's under, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because, you know, I mean, what they're being investigated for is for allegedly breaking NIL rules in the past. If a federal judge says those rules are illegal in the present, they can technically, in their own governance, they can still go back and investigate if those rules were broken in the past when they were they claim rules. Um, now, from an optic standpoint, and I asked the attorney general about this, just his take on it. It's not like he has any purview over uh, what the NCAA does, um, but. Um, his take was similar to mine, which is, yeah, they could still do it, but it would be really, it would be really hard sell. Um, if you're, if you're, if you're trying to enforce rules that are no longer lawful and in, enforce them of what was broken in the past, you're sort of setting yourself up for a lawsuit. Um, and so what does the NCAA want to do there? If this, if this injunction is granted, those rules are not lawful anymore. They're illegal. And then the NCAA tries to punish Tennessee for breaking those now illegal rules in the past. Uh, they're they're setting themselves up to go back to court, and of course Tennessee would would be happy to meet them there or invite them to the court. And I just don't I don't know what the NCAA would have to gain from that um, because there'd be no there I guess there'd be no benefit for for the NCAA if they did that. Like there's not a you know, if you were to uphold those those penalties to Tennessee, like there wouldn't be like a, a prize at the end. It would just end because you, you couldn't go beyond the injunction to enforce any of the rules. It's just it, it wouldn't make sense for the NCAA to continue to pursue it. I would imagine either if the injunction was granted and NIL rules were frozen, my just best guess would be that they would either stop the investigation, pause the investigation or more likely maybe just find a couple of secondary violations, something minor, and uh, and then move forward in, in that way. But who knows, if, if Tennessee, you know, felt emboldened, if they were to win this injunction, um, they may say, no, we're not going to accept anything. Uh, they secondary. might bust out the zip ties. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. I mean, sure. one, of the, one of these sides is going to feel emboldened by what happens, um, both in the injunction I mean, whether it's granted or um, or denied by the language that comes out of it, again, whether or not the judge is going to 
you know, tip his, tip his hand of which way he's going to rule ultimately. One of the two sides is going to be emboldened by that, either to, in the NCAA side, press forward and say, ha, these rules are still on the books and we're going to enforce them and we're going to punish you. Um, either the NCAA is going to do that or Tennessee is going to be emboldened if the injunction is granted um, and say, I, I dare you, I dare you to give us a notice of allegation that says we broke rules in the past that are now illegal. I dare you to do that. And it's going to be fun to, to see which way this goes. Because again, these are two separate things. It's a federal lawsuit and it's an NCAA investigation, but they are tied together and at least loosely one impacts the other one. John, uh, you know, if, if, if this injunction is granted, as Adam was describing there, that, that freezes whatever meager NIL rules that the NCA has had for the last few years. And, and how I have put it, that freezing would turn the wild, wild west, as we've heard it called for years now, into the wilder, wilder west where there is no rules. It's like, you know, there, there were before two rules, there would be zero rules. Now, I maintain I'm fine with that. I personally don't have a problem with that. The wilder, wilder West with no rules, I think also translates to free market capitalism. Um, however, I think there would be a lot of people who would bristle uh, over an NIL space where there were no guardrails. There was no rule against recruiting inducements. There was no rule against pay for play, uh, which are the rules that we're talking about being frozen if this injunction is granted. How do you see this? Do you, would you take alarm? in the wild, wild west becoming wilder and wilder? Or uh, do you think that's an overall win, not just for Tennessee, but for uh, college sports, athletes, everybody involved? Uh, I say saddle up and ride and ride hard. I, I mean, bring on the wild west. I, I don't care at this point. It's You can't go back to the way it was, to the good old days when you, you paid athletes under the table. Those days are gone. So, the good old days. That, that money coming under the table. I love that yeah, that is I the mean, good old yeah, days. Yeah. yeah uh, so uh, there's. I just know how this is going to end. So let's just go ahead and 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 get to the get near the ending because that's going to be the final resolution. I, you know, we. I think it's important to note that Tennessee is hardly the only school operating this way in the NIL era, and. If the NCA was hoping that by uh, rattling UT's cage it was it would be a deterrent, I think it's failing miserably. Because I just read where Georgia quarterback Carson Beck has purchased a Lamborghini. Uh, I, you know, it seems like I mean, so some Georgia official who might be concerned about their NIL image as it pertains to the NCA might have said. Hey Carson, could you hold off a couple of months on that Lamborghini deal? But no, he's out there with his Lamborghini. So I just think all these programs, I don't think programs are afraid of the big bad NCA anymore. John, I, I I have not looked at my phone yet or at Twitter to see the Carson Beck Lamborghini yet today uh -huh. as we record this. I will as soon as we're done. But I've heard about this from two people today, the Carson Beck Lamborghini. So I, I know it's, it actually happened. Uh, our good friend, Tony Basilio mentioned it on the air today. And the attorney general of Tennessee mentioned it to me on the phone. 
just a minute ago. So. Yes, but that's an endorsement, not an inducement, right? Yeah, uh, that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Adam, what else did you hear from from the AG? I know you, you know the coverage over at KnoxNews.com for people who kind of want to read the the full details um, of that conversation. That conversation, to be clear, occurred after Tennessee was not granted the temporary restraining order. Um, some sort of, I guess, a preview maybe uh, of what uh, the AG expects to come uh, in this quest for a temporary injunction. So what can you, what else uh, relevant can you tell us uh, came out of that conversation with Tennessee's AG? Um, yeah, Tennessee Attorney General Jonathan Scrimetti, he, um, he, he, he didn't tip his hand of where he thinks this is going to go in terms of the injunction, you know, and maybe he's hedging his bets there a little bit. Uh, he's confident in, in the, the, the stand that they've made. Uh, he very much liked a lot of the language that was in the, uh, in the, uh, in the opinion from the judge after the temporary restraining order was denied. He thinks they're ultimately going to win this. I, I feel like I'm, I, I can say that now, whether that's an injunction or the case long-term uh, we'll see. Um, he was very open about sort of his motivation in this. Now he's been at this for a while. So any any UT fans that think that this was sort of an overnight thing, that was not the case. If you look back in the transfer case against NCAA, that was back in what December, I think. There were seven states in on that one. Uh, I think Ohio is the one that led the way, but Scrimetti was uh, the Tennessee AG was on that one. Tennessee was one of the seven states um, that was challenging the transfer rule for uh, the NCAA. And, and, and they won that against the NCAA. He's been on this for quite a while about hammering the NCAA. And um, he is, he is perfectly happy with sort of having the reputation of taking on the NCAA on behalf of all Tennessee athletes and universities. But he, he was upfront about that certainly includes UT. Ask him about the timing of it. Um, of the lawsuit being filed right after it had come to light that Tennessee was under an NCAA investigation. He did not shy away from that. He said, yes, absolutely. That's uh, When I saw that, it was time to go, and, and I went, and they filed the suit right after that. And uh, he floated even the idea that, you know, sometimes that we banter about um, or, or sports talk banters about media fans, whatever he, he floated the idea that maybe this was a quote unquote payback situation for the Tennessee getting the best of the NCAA in, in some respects in the last investigation um, into, into Jeremy Pruitt. If you remember right, that's where Tennessee fans uh, first knew the name Jonathan Scrimetti because going into the hearing that was back in April in the Jeremy Pruitt case, um, Tennessee was being threatened with a potential postseason ban, and Skirmetti, as the AG, wrote a uh, a threatening letter, really, to the NCAA, um, where he essentially threatened litigation if Tennessee got a postseason ban. And the way he framed that was um, in the NIL space that if Tennessee got a postseason ban, that would be taking that would be robbing athletes of their um, uh, opportunity to make money in NIL. In other words, you, you, your endorsements could be harmed. You're not playing, so therefore people aren't seeing you. Uh, a bowl game is a big stage, and so you should be allowed to play that, especially if the violations were, you know, if, if the violations were committed by previous coaches and athletes. We don't want to get back into that case. But Skirmetti had had a pretty threatening letter in there, and uh, and 
he he said he enjoyed that. He he relished the fact that he had some um, some part in in you know helping UT and in, in that case, and he wanted to have a part in this one. Yeah, the, the interesting thing I think Adam and I'm putting on my armchair lawyer hat is like I actually think Tennessee's case or uh, Scrimetti's case in this instance is probably much stronger than what it would have been, um, you know, had that last situation come to a head because, you know, the the warnings from Brett Kavanaugh uh, as it pertains to the Sherman Antitrust Act were very clear three years ago. Um, and these violations, unlike the Pruitt situation, these violations would have occurred if they did occur after that Supreme Court ruling from Kavanaugh. So I'm, you know, I, I realize I'm side seat driving here, but I, Scrimetti may have had a case back at that time. We'll never know because it didn't come to that. But the way I see it, I feel like his, his case is probably even stronger now with all that has happened. Every time the NCAA has been in court and they've been arguing against athletes getting absolutely every penny that they can get, the NCAA has lost. All these have come down to uh, you know, Sherman Antitrust Act uh, that the if if you infringe on the rights of, of athletes to make money, um, you, you're you're going to lose, and so I think that's where this one is headed. Again, I don't know if it's going to if the verdict or judgment, I should say, that Tennessee and that UT and all those want, if that'll come sooner or later. I think that's the bigger bigger question. Um, but uh, but we kind of know where this is going. And I, here's the thing, you know, you talked about the 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 wilder wilder west or whatever a minute ago. Tennessee fans, for what whatever it is that you want the next stage to be, whether it's, you know, players get to – there's no NIL rules. Um, there's no rules at all. The NCAA goes away. The SEC breaks away in a super conference um, that the players are employees. Whatever it is you think you want in the next stage, you're probably not going to lock a big part of it when it comes. And that's not your fault, by the way, fans, because we don't know how this is going to go. I feel like everything that comes next is like the best of a lot of bad options. Um, but that's, but that's where we are. I'll, I talked with this, with the, with the AG a, a minute ago. And I think the way he put it was, you know, years and years ago, college sports almost seemed like intramurals in, in, a, in the respect that, you know, it was just, um, th- there didn't seem like on the surface that there was as much money involved uh, and it seemed more quaint and traditional and all these things. We know that it wasn't, but it seemed that way. And he made the point that, you know, there's just, there's an endless amount of money now. So whether you want college sports to change or not, if you want it to be equitable, to be fair to athletes, it's going to have to change in, in, in some sense because there's just so much money. And if, if, athletes are being hindered from getting their share of money, then you're going to have a problem in the courts. John, I want to, I want to close with, with this. We're seeing a very unified uh, response from, from Tennessee, very strong, bold, open response, not just from the university, uh, but as we're talking about here by uh, state politicians all the way up to uh, now we've seen U.S. Senator um, Marsha Blackburn get involved. It was a much different scene several years ago uh, when Tennessee attempted to hire Greg Schiano uh, as its football coach, and it was met with backlash not only by Tennessee fans, but many, many state politicians uh, were against that as well. And of course, 
we all know what what came next. Uh, I've been asked, and I want to ask you, I've been asked whether I'm surprised at this unified response from Tennessee, extending from the university on up to uh, state and, and federal government officials. And I've said that I am not. Knowing the politics uh, of the university right now, knowing the players, uh, knowing the politics of, of the state, I am not surprised that there has been a, a uniform response. I think um, that not only is it possibly a winning case here, as we will see, but I think it's also winning politics right now for elected officials to throw their support behind the Vols, uh, behind Dondi Plowman um, and, and others at the university. Your thoughts on this, you've covered the state uh, for a long, long time. You know some of the key players here. Would you have expected this? Does this surprise you, the unity that we're seeing, uh, not only from the university officials, uh, but on up to you know very important uh, members of, of the state government and beyond? No, I'm not at all surprised, Blake. I mean, I've been here since 1987, and Tennessee has never had this quality of leadership administratively, not just in sports, but at the top of the university, with Randy Boyd over the entire university system, with Donde Plowman, who's kind of set the tone for all this, as UT Chancellor, and with Danny White as AD. I think they're all very good in business and very good in politics. You have to wear a lot of hats in those roles, and they wear them all very well. And so they inspire confidence. If you listen to Donde Plowman, uh, one of my emailers that compared her to an evangelist and said he would... Was, uh, was that a compliment or a criticism? <laughs> no, it was a compliment. Okay. <laughs> We're in East Tennessee. Uh, so that was a compliment. So, yeah, I think so... What happens, it's not like you've got a bunch of buffoons in charge here, and that's been the case before. Uh, so people, yeah, high-ranking officials, governmental officials, a governor, an attorney general, uh, whoever would say, yeah, I want to play on that team. I want to be on that side. I believe what they're selling. And I think that makes all the difference in this. All right. Well, we are at uh, approaching a very important moment in this case, as we talked about uh, expecting a ruling on the injunction next week. Adam, as John was heaping praise upon him earlier, I, I will add a little bit more on that. Adam has done the best coverage uh, of this case of anyone who covers the balls, and I don't just say that because of he's, he's a co-worker. I say that because it is true, and you can find that coverage uh, over on knoxnews.com, and you can find the coverage uh, that he will have uh, from the injunction, whether it goes one way or the other, uh, next week. And we will be back with you, I'm sure, to discuss here on The Volunteer State. Thanks for listening.